Warning, if you hear the party horn, that means there are spoilers. Welcome to Bookplate, your monthly dose of FYAs for every young adult book club pick. My name is Annie, and I am part of Forever Young Adult San Francisco's chapter. Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm from FYA itself and the San Francisco chapter. And I'm Britt, also from SFFYA. FYA itself. <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> yes, headquarters. The OG. The OG, (laughs) for sure. Today we are going to talk about My Lady Jane. For those of you not familiar with Bookplate, we break the book down based on a meal structure. So we're going to go through the amuse-bouche first. Throwing history out the window. This is a three-author effort to retell the origins of the aftermath of Henry VIII's court leading up to Queen Elizabeth I from the perspective of Lady Jane Grey, for nine days. Cynthia Hand, Brody Ashton, and Jody Meadows, aka the Lady Janies, give us comedic, magical transformation and true love. Does that cover about it? Well, I think sounds yeah. like it. Okay. So our appetizer is blackberries play a very prominent role <laughs> in this book. Um, I also really like blackberries, uh, so I, I thought that was a good one. And three authors. What do you think about that? I don't know if I've ever seen a book with three authors before. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, no, just like scholarly articles and historical books, I think. is. Yeah, I think two authors is more common where they each take turns writing a chapter, which I guess these three authors did. But if I didn't know that there were three authors, I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> Like, I thought their voices were so seamless. Yeah, that, that was going to be the word I was going to use, too. It did, it did fit together really well. Yeah. They alternated writing chapters, but then does that mean each of them got a chance at the character? Because they're all in the the chapters are in different character perspectives, but it's really only the two main characters. I thought there were three. Are there three? Hold on, I have the book. Because okay, I was like, there's Gifford, there's Edward and there's Jane. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, okay, so one of them I wrote the king. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense. I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out. I'm like, because I figured they were all different voices, and I did get a little bit of different voice, oh, not really? like a lot, but just I thought. Joke like it was obviously like someone like to make more jokes or like mm. different types of jokes than someone else, you know. I think I just chalked that up to the characters, different personalities rather than the author's writing style. Mm. But I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I think I also just chalked it up to character differences. I it was only because there's a lot of what I would call breaking. I don't know breaking the wall or breaking just like the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, there's just like stuff that's not part of the th- that's their commentary. Yeah. So when they have the commentary. I felt like that was where they stood out a little bit more, but maybe, I mean, if you felt it was holistic, then I know there's no way I could tell you which one was which. I also haven't read any of the other novels by these two or these three women. Yeah, so I haven't either. I've read one by Jody Meadows, but I couldn't tell you, couldn't tell you if it sounds like her other books. The other thing I noticed is most of these uh, authors had books that were ebooks before th- um, this one. And I was wondering if that was like, they all got together to get a book published in book form or something like that? I don't know. Jodie Meadows has been writing for a long time. Yeah. Uh, she's. I read the first book of her, is it a trilogy about reincarnation? But I don't... Oh, I can picture what the cover looks like in my yeah, mind. Yeah, had a butterfly. Yeah, butterfly, and it's like a white cover with like colorful... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, like the girl's face. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the name of that book? 
Is it also YA? Yes. Yeah. That cover set looks really familiar, but I wouldn't be able to tell I you. Was that from one of the first book club um, summer showdowns? Because I looked no, at all those books, maybe. and even though I didn't read all of them. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I just like Incarnate or something. Mm. Yeah. Something like that. I don't, I don't know. Okay, well, she's been. Uh, there was one author that only had ebooks, and I okay. thought that was interesting. Also, because I would like to imagine myself being able to publish an ebook someday. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Amazon will do it for you. Right. Yeah, Incarnate. Oh wow! Nice job. Yeah. I can't believe I. <laughs> and then a thunder right. and infinite. And yeah. This is what the covers look like. Oh. Or maybe okay. I read the second book too, but I didn't read the third one. It's specifically about reincarnation. Interesting. Well, I I mean I enjoyed it. The book was really long though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It went fast. Mm-hmm. I th- see, I thought I was going to hate this book because for anybody who doesn't know, I am a history nerd. I've spent a lot of time studying the Tudor court, although don't hold me to that for factual information <laughs> <laughs> this morning because I'm tired. But yeah, I thought I thought I was absolutely going to hate it. Alternate history is really kind of a mixed bag for me. I've, I'm of the opinion that real history is so interesting anyway, but I've, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked the book and I liked what they did with it. Yeah, I thought I, I know like zilch about the Tudors, <laughs> so I went into it with no like, oh, it's going to be different from history. It's going to bug me <laughs> like when I do when I go to watch a movie that's based on a book um, where I'm like picking out all the differences. Mm-hmm. And I was reading it thinking, well, I don't know how history buffs are going to feel, but it's so, like, tongue-in-cheek. I can't really imagine anybody getting super offended. That's why it worked for me. Yeah. Um, And that's... I usually also hate when authors break the fourth wall because I'm so into (laughs) the book that, like, the author is saying, by the way, you, reader, this and that. And it's just like, oh, it just reminds me that I'm not in, like, England in whatever Mm -hmm. year. I'm, like, sitting on my couch in my underwear. Like, thanks a lot (laughs) for, like, the jolt back to reality. But in this one, like, you always know, kind of, that yeah. you're not really there. I don't know. It worked for whatever reason Are for this one. Are you saying that the real tutors didn't turn into <laughs> horses? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, were you there? <laughs> right. Maybe in a past life. <laughs> well, that, that is our next topic. So let's go to the main course where we're going to talk about food <laughs> <laughs> and the topics which the first one is animal form or is it ethian do you think that's how you pronounce it there's like a yeah. pronunciation guide somewhere oh or there might be <laughs> there's like an it's like an s set which is german yeah. but it's not but our first main course item is hay because <laughs> one of the characters turns into a horse but of course my the question that i want to ask you to the obvious question is what animal are you because that's you know that's the most important part. <laughs> oh, it does. Sorry to interrupt. It says pronounced Ethian, I think, for those of you unfamiliar with the term. <laughs> so she like spells out the syllables, but she doesn't say which one is emphasized. So I don't know <laughs> if it's like Ethian or like Ethian or Ethian, mm. <laughs> but it's there. We can use all three. Sure. It's probably Ethian. That's more like old old school term. Yeah. All right. Annie sets the style guide for I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I no, just I know like that I usually pronounce things wrong. So when I'm like, it's Ethian, then I'm like, nope, it's going to be whatever <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> just like with uh, Hermione. I still <laughs> read that as Hermione. Probably will forever. <laughs> it's better than Hermoninny, like Victor Crumb called her. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Um, but yeah, I was like, I mean, that was my first question. I was like, okay, so if I'm in this magical England, historical England, what character do I turn into you know surprise 
because like some of them are surprised that they have Ethian Ethian forms. Yeah, a ferret would be a really disappointing (laughs) animal to turn into. (laughs) But it worked. I mean, for her character, I just damn a ferret. Haven't you ever seen? Isn't it Beastmaster where he has the two ferrets? Mm -mm. Oh my god, great great old school movie <laughs> like the ferrets save the day they go and steal the keys which is the same <laughs> thing that like happens in this book right yeah pretty much yeah he gets trapped in like a dungeon and the, the ferrets have to help him <laughs> i mean what's the criteria i mean do you get to choose well yeah, we get to choose okay well my patronus is a giraffe <laughs> <laughs> so i would hope that my athean form would be a giraffe it would be really inconvenient <laughs> actually now that i think about it like it'd be better to have a patronus giraffe than to like be a giraffe You'd like have to leave the building before you turned into anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. Hunched over. Yeah, maybe that's not the greatest. Why does my neck hurt? <laughs> but they only have seven vertebrae in their necks, same as humans, so they can like be super bendy. I would just have to be like prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody who's listening to this podcast thought that they would get a lesson on giraffe <laughs> anatomy today. But yeah. here we are. And my sorry, I teach third grade and we just did animal reports and I was ah. using giraffe as my example, so I know like way too much. This did not make sense. <laughs> they have they have blue tongues or black tongues? Blue. They're fantastic. <laughs> I have fed giraffes before. You've fed giraffes? Yeah, me too. Giraffes have licked my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I just like giraffes because they're, like, goofy looking but also graceful at the same time. And I'm short, so I, like, always wanted to be <laughs> tall. And I just think they're cool. When I was a kid, I tried to convince my mom to get a pet giraffe. And my logic <laughs> was, like, we can just cut a hole in the ceiling for its neck. It'll be fine. Oh. And my mom's like, yeah, no. <laughs> so. <laughs> we need to move to a country where we can have giraffes as pets. Oh. Yeah. A giraffe in, what year is this, this book? It's 1500s. 1500s England probably would not be very, like, conspicuous. <laughs> very well, inconspicuous. Yeah. Well, didn't King Henry VIII have a menagerie of weird animals that people brought him? Probably. I mean, uh, pretty much every king yeah. at that time. Got lots of strange gifts, so yeah, probably. I feel like he was the first king to be brought a lion in Inla- England. Maybe I'm totally making that up, but in the book, he turns into the lion and eats people when he's unhappy with them, which I kind of love. It's yeah. like, you yeah. first minister, gone. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a bird. I'm afraid of heights. There's the convenience factor where you could just like fly away, <laughs> but I need to put more thought into this. <laughs> it's my <laughs> conclusion to this long rambling speech about giraffes and birds. <laughs> Jenny, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell Adam, my husband, often that I'm a cat and to the point where he, I say meow and, and he screams, you're not a cat, even in his sleep. What? I can, uh, yeah, I can whisper meow. <laughs> <laughs> he has woken up briefly. You're not a cat. And then rolled over and started snoring again. So I would probably be some sort of cat, but I also like to tell him I'm a T-Rex. Oh, nice. <laughs> and try to bite him. <laughs> so, <laughs> But the short arms, though. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to, like, grab anyone's keys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be utterly terrifying. Yes, I would. <laughs> so, yeah, probably one of those two. I think I would like... Uh, I don't have no idea. I don't really have any insight into uh, creatures that I would... I mean, I like cats. I also like dragons cat dragon but like i don't think that like that's even more fantasy on top of this you know that i don't know if there are dragons in the book but there is like the abominable snowman (laughs) we'll get to that yeah (laughs) but if it was like fantasy where it would be like some sort of 
mixture creature. Definitely some sort of chimera, not like nice. a standard animal. <laughs> yeah, you you are not a standard lady, so. <laughs> this is the part where, you know, it happens pretty immediately, and then they immediately get into the comedy. So they keep talking about, even though he turns into a horse, he doesn't want any horse jokes. But of course, then they're just <laughs> continuous horse jokes throughout Hilarious. the book. The other trope they have in here or topic we're going to talk about is marriage of convenience, like a very standard trope in any romance novel, a lot of YA stuff. That's pretty much my favorite trope. If I'm going to if I'm going to have a trope in a book, it better be marriage of convenience (laughs) or relationship (laughs) of convenience. Ah, I think there's this funny. I like that they set these rules down. I'm just going to read them. Um, G's rules are because he's the one who turns into the horse. There will be no riding the horse. There will be no bridling the horse. There will be no saddling the horse. <laughs> and Jane, who is obsessed with books, says, no touching my books, no chewing on my books. I will never find hay in my books. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. And also, like, a pretty good way to start off their, like, back and forth quips, which mm-hmm. is uh, yeah. a lot of what carries the story. Yeah, they had a cute relationship. I liked them. As I've mentioned before on this podcast, I'm a monster who dog ears pages, <laughs> and I folded down a page, I think the page where they were going over their rules and like the little quips, of course, because of these horrid deckled edges, it's really hard <laughs> to find my dog ears. We had an entire <laughs> debate about, well, not even a debate, we all hate deckled edges. Why? Why? Because you can't find your page. <laughs> the part when, let's see, yeah, she said, number one, no touching my books, number two, no chewing on my books. She snorted indignantly. <laughs> I would never chew on your books. You ate my bridal bouquet. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Well, in his defense, what are you going to do with one anyway (laughs) after it's over? That's true. Maybe it was really tasty. Who knows? But that was. My third graders like to eat paper. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. I don't know why they do it. I feel like when you eat things that you're not supposed to, it's about like some sort of deficiency in your diet. Maybe. Or, like, some of my kids just need, like, the tactile sensation or whatever. But there's, like, those few that I can always, they can always be counted on to be chewing paper in the corner. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) can you not, like, eat your math worksheet? (laughs) Here's some other, here's a post-it for you to (laughs) chew on. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Do they have spinners? (sighs) (laughs) I hate those goddamn things. I really do. I I understand because I definitely have kids who need something to fidget with, but they have become this entity, like, all their own, where now every single kid has to have them, and they're not being used as a fidget. They're being used at, like, I have this cool toy, and it's becoming this whole thing. And so I see one, and I take it. And, like, you can get it back at the end of the day. I'm sorry. I just cannot. (laughs) Just cannot deal with them because they're more of a distraction than a help because the kids who don't need them are the ones who have them, and they're just playing with them. Of course. I actually read this really great article on, like, how the uh, fidget spinners are, like, the destruction of the country or something. It was, like, really, really like, tongue-in-cheek, but it was great. I'm still friends on Facebook with some of the teaching artists that I used to work with, and uh, the first time I'd ever heard of one is this woman who was saying that you don't need one in dance class. That that might be the article that I read. Really? (laughs) Or no, no, no. That was somebody's comment on the article that I read, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, like... You know, you're in a dance class where you're supposed to be physically yeah. moving. You don't need one in dance class. Yeah. Oh, no, it was an art teacher who commented. Mm. She's like, they need to be using their hands in art so, like, they have no purpose in their classroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Anyway. 
What were we talking about? Marriage and convenience. <laughs> Marriage and convenience. <laughs> and we got onto fidget spinners. So, <laughs> what would your rules be if you were in a marriage of convenience? I mean, I feel like Jane's rules are pretty <laughs> solid. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want anyone chewing on my books either. That's really pandering to the crowd when you put a, a bibliophile in a book. It really is. Come on now. <laughs> what about eating while reading the books? I mm. I definitely have gotten a lot of chocolate stains on books, <laughs> <laughs> which I always feel bad about, especially if they're library. But then I'm like, I am not the only one doing this. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Although chocolate's such a bad thing to stain your books with. I know. It's <laughs> library books because then the next reader is like, oh, my God, I hope that's chocolate. <laughs> I once got p- tomato sauce on one, <laughs> one book. I mostly read on my Kindle, so if it's like a food that I can eat holding in one hand, like a hot dog or something, while like the other hand is holding my Kindle, then it's fine. But with paper books, it's just too much. I now do this setup where I like have the bowl closest to me, so that the book's not between us, and then I have the book like propped up so I can read it. Oh, that's a good like, system. That's what <laughs> I do at lunch at work. Ah, uh, marriage is convenience. Well. For me, the only reason to have a marriage of convenience would be like a historical context where I wouldn't have been afforded freedom otherwise. You know, I couldn't leave my parents' house without the marriage of convenience. And then I would probably like to be in one in like old school Victorian England where both of us are probably like gay and like not into each other, but like have like both know that we're into other other people that are not in the marriage. So which still happens. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's true. I would hope that people can be more open about their loves these days but well, there's also immigration marriages of convenience and frankly if i were not married and i didn't have anybody that i was dating and some rich man wanted to marry me for convenience <laughs> i would say yes i have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of law school debt let's do this <laughs> <laughs> i have no shame about that but then what you would have to have very specific rules because i feel like in that case there would probably be an expectation of like physical affection yeah yeah I'd well, mostly be I like, mean, you have your bedroom over there, and I have my bedroom over here, and like we don't, we have a big wall in the middle. <laughs> that yeah, well, I mean, that would that would be fine with me. I've in fact, I very much love my husband, but some nights, like last night, I really wish we had separate bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so especially yeah, especially if he's gonna turn into a horse and eat. Oh my god, eat your books. <laughs> that would that I that would be better than snoring. <laughs> <laughs> I eat my books as long as they're not my signed ones. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me sleep. I have a close friend who actually wants a marriage of convenience. Oh, but really? She just wants to find somebody that she reasonably gets along well with to settle down with to kind of get her parents off her back. Mm. Wow. Um, but she really is, like, not interested in the whole finding true love thing. She just wants to be stable. There is, yeah, there's a certain stability that comes with being married that's that's nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She's only, like, 30, so I don't know if she's just saying this now because <laughs> she feels like... Her parents pressuring her. Yeah. Like, in the book, it always turns out well, but I feel like in real life... No. It's rarely the case. Marriage is hard even when you love the person, so... That is true. I cannot... Yeah. I cannot Love you. I know you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine actually being married to somebody that I don't necessarily like. Yeah. As long as you like them, I guess it would be semi-tolerable. And you can tell them to go away when you need quiet time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My husband and I are both introverts, so, like, we don't, you know, we get it. (laughs) He's in the living room playing video games. I'm in the bedroom reading, and it's not like, why aren't you spending more time with me? It's like, 
We get it. We just need our own space sometimes, and it's not an issue. The last one in Love our you. main <laughs> course is <laughs> historical reference. So they have this, like, first half, second half of the book where the authors do, again, break the fourth wall and talk about how they're going to throw history out the window, which I thought they did at the very beginning, so I was kind of confused by that. But um, some of the things that... I guess when you throw history out, out the window, the, some of the stuff that came up to me was like the fact that they're drinking tea, but I know tea wasn't in England at this time. <laughs> that was like Ooh. really driving me nuts. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, <laughs> and a cre- so like the breaking away from history is okay if it's like a really really obvious break, but not something that. It's like, maybe, is that really breaking from history, or do they just overlook that? I think they just overlook, I mean, that's what it felt to me. They were like, this is English, we drink tea. And I'm like, the English didn't get tea until the 1600s when they created the, the like, trading companies that were uh. going to India. In Henry VIII's time, that's not what was happening. So I'm like, none of you are drinking tea. You'd be drinking <laughs> small beer, you know, um, not Or wine water. out of teapots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, but they wouldn't have teapots if they didn't have tea. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Coffee pots. They didn't have coffee. I don't think so. They like caffeine didn't come into the the country until like the very beginnings of the industrial revolution. It was one of the things that led to the industrial revolution because people were like more clear headed. You know, they instead of drinking alcohol, (laughs) they they started to drink things that allowed them to like not be under that haze. You know, the other one that I a life without coffee is not one that I care to engage in. (laughs) That's why they took lots of naps. (laughs) <laughs> the other one they they call her a fox though they call one of the characters a foxy lady because she's actually a fox <laughs> <laughs> but i looked that up because i was like because they say Jimi hendrix was the first person to use it in the book and then i looked it up and i'm like i don't believe that Jimi hendrix is the person that came up with this not that Jimi hendrix isn't yeah. like a genius because in his own right I had, that has to have been a term before then i looked it up and it wasn't like satisfaction i can't remember what the wikipedia entry said I feel like I read somewhere that OMG, the first reference to OMG was like hundreds of years ago or something. And like, a mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly, but he, yeah. So, I mean, if OMG was around, <laughs> right. I'm sure I'm other sure phrases Foxy, yeah. came up. It might not have meant the same right. thing. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking because, you know, foxes are sly. And right. So perhaps, perhaps the meaning has changed. But yeah, I don't, I don't buy that Jimi Hendrix was the first person. No, but I bet some teenager out there is gonna <laughs> <laughs> is gonna proudly tell their parents, "Did you know?" Right, and exactly. their parents are gonna laugh at them <laughs> as they should. <laughs> Maybe that was the goal of authors. And that's then the other one that if really that's got true, me, that's evil, and I love it. <laughs> the other one that got me was this like GWBR, the Great White Bear of Rill. I one don't understand why we have that in the story at all. Like I really, <laughs> I'm just like really confused as to why that is in the book. Period. And then I was like, is this, I couldn't figure out if this was a joke. I'm like, <laughs> are they riffing off something else that I'm supposed to know about, but I don't know because I'm not English? And uh, Or a teenager. <laughs> I guess. Like, it's not an R-O-U-S, you know, but it's like, is it like that? I couldn't figure it out. I have no idea. There was a lot going on in this book. And yeah, there were definitely some things like that that I kind of shrugged. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what did you think about that, Britt? I feel like, well, going back to when you said at the beginning that it seemed like they had already said they were going to throw history out the window, it seemed like maybe the beginning was like a heads up, and then the second part of the book is like, okay, now it's really going to get weird, so buckle your (laughs) seatbelts. So I guess I was just kind of like along for the ride, and I'm like, yeah, sure, giant bear, yeah. (laughs) Maybe, okay, so now I'm thinking, now that you've pointed out that there are, the three authors were the three characters, 
Now I'm thinking the reason they had that in there is to give Edward Edward more time mm. to like be a character. Probably. But it just like it totally didn't fit for me. I was like, why? No, there's there's a lot I can forgive. And one of the things that I really liked about the book is that the shapeshifters take the place of the Protestant versus Catholic conflict. So I thought that was really cool and clever. And once I figured that that's what they were doing, I was like, oh, okay, I can deal with this. This alternate history, you know, was sort of following the same same sort of conflict of the time. But, yeah, Edward. And uh, it was cool that Edward <coughs> didn't really die because that was sad, I guess. I for sure that thought they were going to kill him off. Yeah, I thought so, too. Uh, spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that that I could that I could deal with the but Edward as a Edward as a character yeah he didn't really do too much he was a lame poppy king yeah <laughs> i did i did love how he gradually became more woke <laughs> over the course <laughs> of the book wow women have opinions cool wow i actually need to learn how to feed myself and oh like my God. walk on my own <laughs> that was a lot <laughs> I wish somebody would walk for me. <laughs> um, speaking of throwing history out the window, I really enjoyed the kind of like sly pop culture references. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are all over the place. Looking for my dog ears. Here's one of them. There are also a handful of invitations to preside over state events, visit various nobles' country homes, and attend something called the Red Wedding. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Jane checks the will not attend box without giving this last invitation a second thought, as if she wanted to go to any more weddings. <laughs> <laughs> also, how many young adults are going to get that? Well, yeah. I mean, Game I of Thrones is really popular. That's though, true. So but I wouldn't let my 15-year-old watch oh, that I show. Either. But, yeah. You wouldn't? Mm. I mean, it's pretty. Not, <laughs> not the rapey, rapey scenes, no. But wouldn't that be a good opportunity to be to like, like, talk about it? Yeah. Maybe because if you just ban them from story. doing it, they're going to find a way to no, do no, it. No, no, no. I mean, I would talk. I would talk to them about it, but like. I saw Rob Roy with my parents, and there is a vi- there is not only like continuous sexual abuse against women in that entire movie, but there's also a, one of the more intense rape scenes I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. Did we talk about it afterwards? No, we just all very uncomfortably sat <laughs> silently in the movie theater. It's like um, watching Cruel Intentions with your parents. Oh god! Oh no! I've yeah. heard of, I've heard people. I did not, but I've heard people went to see it with their parents and were like, "Oh god, never again." So I can imagine that maybe teenagers don't want to watch Game of Thrones because look at all those boobs on screen. <laughs> I saw Titanic with my dad when I was in sixth grade. <laughs> that was awkward. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, oh, draw me like one of your, oh. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I saw it with my little brother and an older family friend and I was like, oh my God, this is really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. Don't look, Jeff. <laughs> Um, but one of the other ones I loved was like a Monty Python reference. Yes. Who are you calling beef witted? She laughed at him. Your mother was a hamster and your father <laughs> sank of elderberries. <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like, do you think YAs would be more likely to get the Game of Thrones reference than that? Game of Thrones for sure. That's probably true now that I think about it. I mean, I obviously got the Monty Python <laughs> reference, yeah. but yeah. I watched that holy grail i watched that movie as a young kid over and over again mm-hmm. you know because that was okayed by my parents my mm-hmm. dad was like yes please watch all <laughs> of these you know weird movies i didn't watch that until probably my late teens then we showed it again for history nerd movie night and 
it's yeah, remarkably accurate for what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, all right, we can go to our dessert, which is more blackberries, but blackberry and cream pie, also the poison pie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, t- we talked about the joke's author interjection, if we thought it was funny or distracting. I don't know. I was having, like, an either-or situation. Like, some of them I thought were funny, and then some of them, like, the foxy lady one, I was just like, no, they <laughs> fell flat. But I think that's just me not getting the joke, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of authors breaking the fourth wall. It's it's distracting. However, since this book was already incredibly silly, it just kind of it was easy for me to just you know okay we'll, we'll, we'll let that go and keep going yeah that's kind of how i felt too but for me what what i really didn't like about the book was that the last quarter i thought was really not good at all why i thought it dragged is that um, the part with the great white bear once we yeah. get into that it <laughs> totally drags yeah it drags it wasn't a particularly good climax to the book i think and I, I was just I was just kind of over it at that point. Well, I, I like the book. Like s- but how many pages? It is four hundred and ninety-one pages. Yeah, <laughs> so it's almost five hundred. It's a doorstopper. <laughs> I did mark another part of the book where this was definitely an exception to like me not liking authors breaking the fourth wall rule. And I'm sorry <laughs> that I keep like reading passages no, from the book because no, I good. actually have it in front of me usually get it from the library and i have to return it before we do the shit (laughs) yay reference okay okay so we told you that anybody could die at any time and you seem like you're getting worried (laughs) fine spoilers jane had foreseen that the guards would spot the flash of her at the end change so she'd recruited pet to draw away the guards which would in turn give gifford time to hide elsewhere while he waited for her to open the gate pet was meant to lead the guards into an ambush with some pack members on the other side of the field but whether she would accomplish that or the guards would give up the chase remains to be seen but trust us we're not the type of narrators who would kill a dog <laughs> do you hear that patrick ness yes. do you do you <laughs> <laughs> i i laughed so hard when i got to that part and you know that is specifically directed at him you know it because everybody who reads that book and i'm sorry guys spoiler alert if you <laughs> haven't read the knife of never letting go cover your ears but the dog dies <laughs> i am still not over it i am not either when, when we met patrick ness at dea um i told him that my book club was very upset <gasps> with him and you i know. thought he tweeted about that semi recently it was like guys it was like seven years ago <laughs> <laughs> move on <laughs> no well <laughs> i i have to take the other side on this one because i think that authors that are brave enough to kill off a character people love are you know that that's like a strength yeah. in I'm okay my mind. I'm killing off human characters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god! But, but the no, not the dog. <laughs> I and, and Manchi was the best. Manchi was, was best. the best. Nothing will ever be as bad as where the red fern grows. I'm sorry, that's like the worst way to kill off a dog, and it's prolonged. I have not read that, but I read that way back in elementary school. There's a really scene where there's a scene where one of the dogs' entrails is coming out and like oh. crawling back towards the boy, and he tries to stuff them back into its oh stomach cavity. No, no, no. So you guys weren't eating. Whatever <laughs> Patrick Ness <laughs> did with Manchi can never beat that. <laughs> to me, that I don't know because. If it's prolonged and you know it's happening, you can just kind of power through it. But when when Patrick Ness killed off Manchi, I was on a plane and I gasped out loud because it was so fast. I was like, "Oh, I hope I hope the dog's not gonna come to any harm." And then, (gasps) what the fuck did you do? (laughs) 
and then and the like I was sitting in the middle seat too, oh and no. both people on either side of me looked at me and I'm like, mm-hmm. You should have just been like, sorry, I think there's something wrong with the left phalange. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> killed the dog. <laughs> Stop the plane. I mean I was I cried, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely a crier. Wasn't isn't there a website or something that tells you like warns yes. you about books where they're gonna kill the It's movies, I think. Oh movies? Oh, no, I thought there should be said a that it was this, like right. yeah it was like if they kill the dog or whatever yeah. it's like the dog dies.com or something yes, like random. Random. i don't well not random but something oh yeah well there's an idea for a new fya post <laughs> <laughs> i mean for most of why i just finished reading the the becca um of tortal series where not only does the care like the dog gets seriously injured but then there's another character that's a cat that is like a constellation so it's a magical cat and the cat constellation intervenes and saves the dog so that the dog doesn't die and it's like very elaborate but like lovely but i'm like man you know sometimes you can kill the dog i don't know i mean you can (laughs) and yeah that was a brave choice but i'm glad it didn't happen in this book i'm also glad that they broke the fourth wall to tell us yes right i was like because i was that was where my mind was going with really? it. I'm like, no, no, oh no, yeah, no, anytime I, I didn't see even it. think that until they mentioned it. I was like that. I didn't think you folks were like. Char- I didn't think they were characters to kill off the dog or authors to but kill off the dog. But they did say in the beginning anybody could die at any time, and like that's what I was thinking. I was just like, oh no. Anytime I see a pet, I'm like, oh god, don't die, don't die, don't die. I can't. <laughs> no, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> what about a hamster or something? I mean, oh, I hate rodents, so they <laughs> oh. <laughs> <I'll> step on them. <laughs> so how did you feel about Jane turning into a ferret? Are ferrets rodents? Yeah. 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 Hate <laughs> so much, and I would be so pissed off if that were the animal that I turned into. I, uh, I'm sure I'd picture myself as a majestic cheetah, <laughs> 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 and to be a ferret, no. I was gonna say I possibly could be like a mouse or something. I think like sometimes my ego is like way bigger <laughs> than like what or like my imagination is way bigger than my like structural integrity. <laughs> um, if you turn into a mouse, please don't come in my house. <laughs> I, will, I will set a trap. I love you, but <laughs> I cannot deal with rodents and things that shit all over. In my D&D game, I'm playing the only character. I can only ca- turn into animals that I've seen. So the only animal I can turn into right now is a mouse. Oh no. <laughs> and a rat. I can turn into a rat. Ah. When I was a kid, I tried to convince my mom to let me have a pet snake. Apparently, this was a theme with me as a child. <laughs> mom, let me get this pet. Um, and she was fine with the snake. She was not fine with me having to buy the mice or rats oh. or whatever to feed it. She's like, no, 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 there cannot be any mice in my house. I'm like, but, but. She's like, you nope, can get no, 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 <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what uh, my husband, he loves snakes. He used to have a pet snake and he would buy like the frozen ones. Like, oh my goodness. Keep them in the freezer. And I'm like, is that like clearly labeled? Or are you going to go in there like hoping for some <laughs> ice cream and you pull out a ratsicle instead? Like, <laughs> Is that clearly labeled? <laughs> oh man. Love you. <laughs> I also love snakes, but yeah, I don't. Ratsicles don't. <laughs> no, not in my house. I had a fancy rat when I was a kid. I had it. Well, it, it, it was came to me. This one girl bought a rat. Her g- mother made her get rid of it. It came to me. I had the rat. It was a really cool rat. It was a Russian blue. It was beautiful. It would sit on my shoulder and ride around. And I had really long hair. And its little tail would stick out. Ah! And it freaked <laughs> my mom out to the point where she made me get rid of the rat. Oh, those tails. The tails are what really bothers me. Yeah. I cannot. No. My no. fifth grade teacher had seven pet rats, oh and she brought one of them as a class pet to keep in the classroom, and her name was Michelle, the rat, not my teacher. 
<laughs> and like if you finished your <laughs> test first you got to play with michelle while like the rest of the class was finishing which is probably not a good teaching strategy <laughs> like as a teacher because kids just want to rush through their yeah. tests to play with michelle but it was cool because i got to play with michelle when i finished my test early <laughs> i don't think i would have been cool with that even at that age it's the tales man you would have been like i'm gonna tales. finish my test last on purpose <laughs> i have a book maybe that's what she was going for <laughs> take your time kids <laughs> <laughs> or you get to play with michelle <laughs> no i want a book all right this last one i put on here because um it's always on my mind these days now with YA in particularly um but the drinks we're going to talk about is ale uh <laughs> g gets really drunk on ale in one of the <laughs> scenes okay so i put it on as opportunity for diversity and my question is if we're throwing history out the window why not throw in some more diversity yeah yeah that when you know i hadn't really even thought about it because you know I'm, I'm still in the history major mode where I'm okay yeah well everybody was white so yeah 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 this this seems reasonable but yeah if you are throwing history out the window why yeah, because giant bears and uh, people turning into horses is makes more sense than you know throwing a person of color in there. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I think that's what that's what people truly believe, or like they don't even think about it. It's like the thing like uh, with them drinking tea, where it's like if you have something that's so far off base, it's more believable than having something that like is a little off base. Like, mm. yeah, they have like bears and people turning into animals, but they didn't have tea back then. Like oh, but they didn't have people of color in England back then. Like, I don't know. Except they, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 think I know. But Moors, right? exactly. <laughs> like, except that they did, like, there was... But I mean, like, the general mindset would be right, like, right. hmm. Everyone else would be like, no, everyone was white. It's like, no. Yeah. And also, even the white people couldn't agree on who was white back then because <laughs> we hadn't structured race to the the way we have today. So, yeah. I don't know. I, that's the, I'm just like, you're throwing in all of this. You have all these characters. You have all these animals. You could, I, in my mind... You could have thought about that and made like a super compelling character. I mean, I was thinking like Edward's love interest could have been someone yeah. like that, you know? She's already the the other girl. And well, it, yeah, and but maybe that's like a stereotype. You can <laughs> get away from the discussion of diversity in Kidlet because like that's one of the main draws for a lot of people is that it's way more diverse than the white male literary canon. So yeah. I don't know why they didn't think of that. I don't know why I didn't think of that until you pointed it out. Maybe it's because I'm t too much of a libtard. <laughs> <laughs> You're a snowflake. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> That's what they call me on Twitter, and I like it. <laughs> Do they? Have you gotten called a snowflake on Twitter? Yeah, I, I may have trolled some anti-abortion people. Ah. It makes me curious about their other book. They're not approaching it because they don't really know how to write characters of color. Or Maybe. I mean, and that's a valid concern. You don't want to screw it up. But right. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Right. And with three of them, you think th they could put their heads <laughs> together <laughs> and come up with something. Or, like, right. ask a person of color <laughs> to, like, weigh in. Like, yeah. hey, does this sound okay to you? <laughs> Beta readers. readers. They're a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the same because their other books were also fantasy and sci-fi, right? I haven't read any, but Incarnate sounds like a fantasy. It is, and I cannot remember if there were people of color in those books. Mm. Maybe? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, that was my, my last little throw-in. Did anyone else have something they wanted to say about the books? Overall, how would you guys rate it? Um, what, on a scale of one to five? Yeah, Goodreads scale. I think I gave it like a... 
three to four. There were times where I liked it more, mm-hmm. and there were times where I liked it less. I thought it was going to be a four-star book for me until the last quarter, and then that didn't do it for me. So I think I think ultimately I rated it three, and I'd give it three and a half. I think I'm a four just because I'm really easily amused, <laughs> and this book had me like chuckling the whole way through. Um, but one last thing I would like to point out about this book is that I'm wearing black pants, and I have been flipping through these damn deckled <laughs> pages, and there is fluff all over my pants. <laughs> so deckled pe- pages should just go away forever. Yeah. <laughs> Take note, <Yeah>. publishers. <laughs> <laughs> Brit has spoken. The aesthetics are not always the the effective way to go. No. Right. Well, thank you, listeners, for um, hearing out our opinions on mm-hmm. this one. And, and a lot we'll of other things. <laughs> <laughs>